Ah, here we go again. Another compliance training. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today to talk about <sighs> fiscal He's compliance so in the new year. Hey, welcome back to this series on saving time narrating. This is part two. Like I mentioned last week, one of the major issues that can happen when you're narrating your own e-learning is that you end up spending more time than you expected in recording or editing. And I hope you can pick up a tip or two from the series that will prevent you from losing more time than you expected. Last week, we talked about saving time in the recording process by improving some script writing elements, copywriting, planning ahead, arranging your script, etc. If you want to go back and check out that episode, it's at diynarrator.com slash 008. This week, I'm actually suffering a bit from a voice talent's worst nightmare, which you probably can hear. I have a sore throat and an onsetting, which at this point has basically just set in cold. It's Thursday morning. I'm recording now. Podcast is supposed to be out already, but I was waiting to see if it kind of cleared up, and it didn't. I'm going to get right into this before I start actually losing my voice. Now, this subject isn't all about saving time while narrating or saving time while editing, but these tips kind of build on each other. So a couple of these might be focused on saving time in the narration process, but some of these might actually save you time in the editing process, which is the next one. And we'll get into that in part three, which will come out next week. So let's start with some tips that will actually save you time during the narration process. The first one I have is increasing the font size or zooming in on your script. And if you don't pick up any other tips from the series, at least do this one. It's very simple. Increasing the font size will prevent a couple of things from happening when you're reading. Obviously, it'll make reading easier on your eyes because you want it to strain to see the words. You'll be more comfortable in seeing larger words. But increasing the font size will help you focus on the word you're trying to read and make it less likely for you to jump ahead or read the next line on accident. My thought is that more of your vision is taken up by fewer words than it is when you're actually looking at a page with a smaller font. And you know that thing that happens when you're reading a book and you're reading a line and then you accidentally pick up a word from the next line right in the middle of the sentence and it doesn't make any sense? It's something that happens fairly frequently to every reader. It will happen when you're narrating, but it seems to be less likely to happen when your font size is larger. Standard 10 to 12 point font is really common in a lot of cases, but you should try bumping it up to at least 18 to 20, maybe even 24 point. If I'm reading on a PDF or in Google Docs that I don't have editing access to, what I'll do instead of increasing the font size is just zoom in to 125 or 150%. Like the outline for this podcast, I actually have zoomed in to about 150%. The second tip is right in line with picking a font size. And it's actually picking the right font. Pick a font that's comfortable for you to read. It's a little bit of a personal choice. I don't have a perfect pick for you, but it has a lot to do with whether or not you can actually edit the document you're working in too. I'm assuming that since you're a DIY narrator, you probably had some hand in writing the script or it's all you. And so you should have access to the original script. But a few simple rules of thumb are stay away from display type fonts or handwriting fonts or anything in a fancy script. All of those can make some of the words and some letters harder to make out, and you'll be fighting with figuring out what the letters are on top of trying to understand the meaning behind the script and actually perform it as an instructor and not just a narrator. 
Anything you can do to prevent having to stop narrating and start over at the beginning of a sentence or a phrase will save you a lot of time. Sticking with common fonts that you're familiar with is usually a great idea, and also going with a serif font like Times New Roman might actually be a pretty good idea too. Commonly the default font in a lot of word editing programs these days is a sans serif font like Arial. And as a little bit of an aside, the intent of serif fonts, which you may or may not know, is that the serifs are the little feet at the bottom of the letters, and sans, which is actually French for without, so sans serif literally means without serifs. The intent of the serif is that they would help guide your eyes across the line of text. So maybe they're actually easier to read. I don't know how effective it actually is. They are fancy looking. One more thing about fonts is that it's common that letters can look the same. So the lowercase l and the capital I are notorious for this. They might end up looking the same and just be aware if there's letters that are similar. The third tip has more to do with improving your workflow than actually narrating, but it's inevitable that you're going to need to stop and start and pause and go back and re-record some stuff regardless of how good you are at reading from a script. And anything you can do to prevent too much swivel chair and wasting time between going from your recording software back to your script and forth will add up to saving you a ton of time. I'm on a Mac and use a program called Spectacle that allows me to snap Windows around. Windows 10 has something similar built into the OS. I don't think 7 did though. But with a couple of keystrokes you can set up so your script takes up two-thirds of your monitor at the top and the recording software maybe takes up the remaining third. I should also mention in my booth I have a monitor mounted to the wall and then it's turned on its side so it's more portrait style or vertical orientation. But the important point here is that what we're trying to do is maximize the space for your script and minimize distractions by keeping the moving recording waveform out of your direct eye line because that can be really distracting and pull your eyes away from your script. But you also want to keep it easy to switch between the two windows that you need to work in. By keeping both apps active on the same screen, assuming you have a large enough screen and you're not printing your script, it'll save you a lot of time and prevent you from having to search around to find the icon in the taskbar or maybe you need to open Audacity to make a change and then you minimize it or dig around for your script in the taskbar and then you open it and you realize you had like four documents open and that's not the right one and then you have to find which one's the right one. It's all a big mess and it could take a lot of time. And then you're working down in the taskbar and you're like, oh look, an email notification. I should check that really quickly. And just like that, you're a paragraph into your script and you've lost an hour of your day. This tip might seem kind of mundane, not really groundbreaking, but that's actually the trick. Because time isn't saved in large swaths. You're not going to save 20, 30 minutes at a time. What you're going to do is save little bits of time over the course of a longer period of time. I actually learned that when I spent a previous life writing code as a software developer. I'm not going to bore you with that story, but suffice it to say that saving a couple of seconds a few hundred times or maybe even a few thousand times a day really, really increases your efficiency. So don't go looking for home runs. Set up your workspace to hit a few singles over and over again, and it will accumulate. Now the next tip is something I struggle with repeatedly and always have to be aware of. Slow down. By slowing down, not only does it make it easier for your listener to catch on to what you're saying and comprehend the concepts, 
but you'll also significantly decrease your stumble rate. I'm not going to go into this one too much more because I covered it in episode one, and I'll link to that in the show notes, but you can find it at diynarrator.com slash 001. The final tip is one that I use all the time, and it's actually going to save you time in the editing process. And there are two ways to manage mistakes when you're narrating. The first is called punch and roll, and the second is marking your audio as you make a mistake so you can find it and edit it quickly and easily later. Those are the two most effective ways, anyway. The third way is to just stop and go back and then re-record and take way too much time in stopping and restarting. So the first technique, punch and roll, is advanced, and I'm not really going to get into it too much in a podcast because it's not really necessary to set up or go to the trouble of learning during e-learning unless you're recording every single day. Then maybe it might be something, but it's not really something that's very teachable on a podcast. There are a bunch of videos out there on YouTube if you're interested. But the gist of it is that if you make a mistake, there's a key combination you can hit. It stops recording. It goes back a predefined distance in the recording, begins playback, so you can start speaking with yourself at the right pace and energy. And then at a predefined point, it starts recording again and will seamlessly connect what you're saying to your previous recording and allow you to just pick up and fix the error that you made on the fly. Like I mentioned, it's really complex, but if you Google punch and roll or go search for it on YouTube, there are a ton of great tutorials. I use it a lot now that I've figured out how to do it in Reaper. And it's definitely cut down on the number of times I have to go back and re-record. It's cut down on the amount of editing I have to do. But it took a lot of work and effort and consistent work and effort every single day, multiple times a day to get it effectively working for me. So it's a lot of investment up front. The other technique, which is marking your mistakes as you make them, is a lot less effort and something you can pick up immediately and start working effectively right away. And it'll save you a ton of time right away. So let's describe the scenario here. What you can do is use either a dog clicker, you can snap your fingers, or clap your hands. And the point is to spike the audio and create an obvious marker where you made a mistake. So let's say you're reading a script and you make a mistake on a line. Then you click the dog clicker one time. I'm going to do that here. There's my dog clicker. Then you go back to the beginning of the sentence that had the mistake in it that you made, wherever a natural pause would occur, and you start reading it again. If you make the mistake on that same line again, same spot or different spot, doesn't matter, you stop and click the dog clicker twice. Then you go back to the same point, start over, and if you make the mistake a third time, you click the dog clicker three times, and on and on until you get it right. Now that you've marked all your mistakes while you're recording, when you go to edit, it'll be much faster to remove and find the garbage that you have and keep all the clean stuff. The way I work with this is I start at the end and work my way back to the beginning of a file. So a quick description on how the edits work. Let's say you made three mistakes on a line, you see three clicks, and then you see the start of the phrase where you got it right. Before those three clicks, there's your mistake. And then there'll be two clicks, and there'll be a mistake, there'll be one click, and then there'll be another mistake. So what you wanna do is highlight at the start of the third take where you got it right, all the way back to the start of the first take where you got it wrong. And you delete that section out, it'll close up that gap and it'll be done. When you get really good at this process, it happens very, very fast in editing. So you'll start to see the shape of the waveform, the beginning shape of the waveform where you got it right. And you'll see where you started a few times as your mistakes come. And you'll be able to match up that shape to the first take. And so you'll be able to snip out a big section of text 
or a big section of voice, I guess, without even having to listen to it. But obviously, you'll need to go back and listen to the whole file again to just make sure you said everything right and that the timing is good and there isn't an unnecessary pause or maybe a breath that you cut in half, which sounds really weird, or maybe in the process you accidentally put two breaths together and then you created a kind of a double breath, which sounds very strange too. There's all sorts of mistakes that can still be in there and you still have to worry about those, but this will get you to the point where everything in the file that you listen to should be really, really close on your very first edit. Then you just go through and listen for content and timing and all the other stuff I just talked about. Because that's still kind of a complex concept to describe on a podcast in audio form, I actually created a video for you of me reading a script, making some mistakes, clicking and editing out the mistakes, so you can see just how fast it is to actually edit it. Of course, it's only like a minute of text, so there's not hours of editing and narration to watch. And I did it in Audacity, so hopefully it's familiar looking to you, because I'm guessing most of you are using Audacity out there. But it works for every program. With that, we're at the end of this episode of the DIY Narrator Podcast. If you want to watch that editing video, or if you want to see some show notes, they're over at DIYNarrator.com slash 009. Come back next week and you'll hear more tips on how to save some time, this time when you're actually editing. And honestly, I think I just gave you the first tip, so I have to come up with another one. Be sure to subscribe over at DIYNarrator.com and drop your email in the box on the site. If the editing video is well received, I want to start sharing more resources like that on the site. I'll mention them in the podcast if they're relevant, but I'm planning on putting together a monthly or some other interval email with some additional information and resources as well as the weekly email announcing the release of the episode. So thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week and get out there and do some great work.